Frank, it's good to see you again for our this episode of Frankly Speaking. How are you? Good, man. What episode? Are, how many are we up to now? This is Six? Seven. seven. This will be seven. seven. Yeah. And there's been a little delay between this one and, and the last one. Yeah, but that's okay. I mean, as well, you pointed out when we talked about it, you know, the folks yeah. in Ecuador are absolutely demanding more. So it's good to keep them wanting. Well, the bigger issue is my mother in Syracuse who like, you know, is retired and is like, you know, to the minute, like when's the next one coming out, you know? So uh, that's, that's really, that's really the boss here. So we'll, uh, we'll have to, we'll have to make sure we do better, better time. And, and we'll have to get the next two done in time so that she can give the DVD versions for holiday gifts of the whole sure. new series. So, sure. well, then she'll probably have to call us to ask us how to do that. But so maybe... <laughs> We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll figure that out. Well, I mean, you could, you know, send her over to Andrew or somebody like that. <laughs> right, okay. Okay. Um, and we have a guest today, uh, David McLaughlin. Um, David joined the company uh, when we acquired Quantiverse. David, you were the CEO there, and now you're performing a role for us as Senior Vice President and Head of Technology Integration. And we're kind of going to talk about, that's kind of the theme today, is how does technology how do technology and people really come together in an effective way? And so, um, uh, Frank, let's start a little bit. I mean, what what caught your eye about this idea of blending technology and people? Yeah, I mean, you know, look, you know, I I think there's a couple ways to look at this. You know, if, if you listen to, you know, you know, you turn on CNBC, right, and you listen to kind of the the market guys in the morning. You know, you'll hear that there's never going to be human beings doing another job again from from some of the crowd, right? Uh, and technology is going to take over the world, and we're all just going to be either playing golf or you know, like working for the machines, like some sort of like you know, the Matrix gone amok. Um, you know, I don't think that's the case, but I, I do think that technology is hand in glove with people, and I do think that um, you know, kind of efficiency and evolution are are something that are industry agnostic. And, and I think one of the, probably the last bastions of, of uh, industries that it needs to, to kind of penetrate and permeate is the financial services industry. And specifically within our ecosystem, which is, you know, banks, fintechs, payment companies, stuff like that. You know, the, the work that, that we do, the good human intelligence work that we, we do could be done better if it was buttressed, supported by technology. And so, you know, we're, you know, we're kind of at this crossroads where we spent a lot of time, you know, digging through information, looking at false positive information, really trying to unearth nasty activity within banks and, and non-banks. And, and ultimately, you know, clients and, and, and customers are going to go on this journey themselves to understand whether, um, you know, they can use technology to make that process a little bit more efficient. And selfishly, I said, well, if that's going to happen, I'd rather them come to me for that, for, for that technology. And, and so the company has been kind of on a trajectory to, to figure out and suss out, you know, companies that could uh, be complementary to the core people offering of, of AML right source. Right. And so, you know, we acquired Arachnus and uh, uh, information services on the KYC and watch list side, uh, you know, back in, in, in March. And, and then, you know, the whole time we were out there in the market looking for something special and kind of the, robotics, machine learning, AI, uh, you know, investigations type of space. And, you know, what David and team have, had created at Quantiverse, um, you know, was really, really special and magical and fit that, that theme. And so we started stalking them pretty hard and uh, got to know David a little bit and, you know, yada, yada, yada. You can yada, 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 M&A, I think, right? 
so yada I've been yada doing yada. It since the 80s so yeah, yeah right yeah so <laughs> yeah right so uh you know so yada 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 you know aml and uh it acquired quantiverse and the amazing team in, in that david had put together in philly and uh and here we are so you know that that's really the, the backdrop but um, I, I do think that, you know, this notion of people plus technology is really the, the it is the future. It's not just the future, it's the now. And, and it's, it's going to be the future as well. So, David, how'd you come up with the ideas that uh, are now what uh, what's part of AML Right Source coming through Quantiverse? Yeah, it's great to be here with you guys this morning. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, so I would say it's a little bit of an evolution <clears throat> um, on the idea of uh, uh, Quantiverse. There, there's, you know, technology, to Frank's point, has um, changed and evolved people's roles, but it's not really, I, I'm a firm believer that it's not going to displace people. It's going to change their roles and it's going to make it, their roles better. And they're going to, they're going to have more job satisfaction by using a technology and AI machine learning technology uh, within the context of their work. And it's going to make it their uh, job more satisfying because they are going to be more focused on finding criminals that are moving their illicit proceeds around the globe and funding future crimes and funding their lifestyles. And so, you know, most people that get into this industry get into this industry to do just that. They don't get into this industry to chase down a false positive and do a Google search and shut down the false positive and write a narrative that a uh, regulator is going to question them on in two years. They, they, they got into this to, to find somebody or people that are, that are doing illegal things and hurting other people uh, with those illegal acts. So this technology has really been developed to help them do that much more effectively. Now, there are all sorts of efficiency gains with that technology, but the evolution of it, the development of it, was to improve the industry itself, improve the ecosystem, make it so that financial institutions can catch more criminals or identify more criminals, report them to the government and do it in a way that's very efficient and help them make sure that their institutions aren't being used, aren't being the patsies of the bad guys around the world. And so we, we really set off to, to establish that kind of a capability and really just improve the, the functionality that is used inside this ecosystem. We just saw, to Frank's earlier point in the financial services industry, there had been huge developments and in investments on the front end of technology and, and financial services. You can go on your phone and get a loan in 30 seconds now, apparently. But there had been not a lot of investments on the back end of technology and financial services. And this is a sort of a back end function of after a transaction happens, reviewing those to see if criminals are putting bad money through an organization. So we're trying to improve that environment and have, have shown that we can improve that environment. And it's all about making it so it's harder, more costly, more risky for the criminals. Yeah, yeah. Here, here's what I'm interested in, right? I'm always fascinated by people who have like, you know, I'm just a simple guy. You know, I'm just a simple guy from, from Buffalo, New York, right? Um, I'm always fascinated by people who come up with like game changing, world changing ideas and technology. So can you talk to us about that? Like, you know, 
you're sitting in Philly watching the Eagles, you know, sipping a pina colada with have, your having a cheesesteak. Yeah, right, with your pinky up because I know how you I know how you oh, eat yeah. to it, right? You know, you know, we're we're jumping oh, that's through me. tables. We're jumping <laughs> through tables. You guys, we know you guys, right? So, oh yeah. So uh, you know, how do you get that? Like, what are you doing? You're like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna change the world. Like, how, you know, how off, did that idea happen? You know, first off, we got to take you to an Eagles game in South Philly to change your perception of Philly. <laughs> <laughs> except for the green versus the blue you might think you're in buffalo <laughs> i know i've heard <laughs> uh, so yeah i think the idea was um just a recognition of the the compliance environment inside of a of a bank and how uh manual in nature that it was and also just putting the threads together of artificial intelligence and what had happened in that industry. And, you know, artificial intelligence was a capability developed in the 60s. There's nothing new about artificial intelligence and machine learning. What had really changed was the ability to process the amount of data that was needed to use that, to make, uh, to get a benefit out of that machine learning artificial intelligence. So that development of big data capabilities <clears throat> with the impact that it had on artificial intelligence applied to this specific part of the industry is just a, a thread that we saw coming together that that we decided that we could we could uh, create a, a viable strong business profitable business successful business around and you know it was great to to also just part of the thinking was to you know while we're doing well do good you know that that old statement is we we wanted to build something that had an impact on society. Not, we just didn't want to make a better potato chip. We, we really wanted to, to uh, build something that was gonna, uh, you know, be valuable to, to society. You know, it's interesting that you, that you make that point because um, uh, for many, many years in the industry, um, uh, and unfortunately it was pre 9-11, there was the feeling that if you were working in, you know, financial crimes detection or, in an AML unit that you were just sort of toiling in the corner, you know, trying to dig through a pile of stuff and that did anybody really care? 9-11 really flipped that narrative because now it was really important to find that stuff. And people realized, you know, when you added in the terrorist financing component, how the world uh, could be very different and unfortunately very dark. Um, so the fact that your company really thought about the fact that it wasn't just doing something, but it was doing good, uh, really um, aligns very much with where the industry and the compliance community has been the last 20 years. And, and that was the kernel of it. Actually, when you, when you go back to that, that was the kernel of the idea is how can we stop terrorist financing and, and, and recognize that the problem was much bigger than just terrorist financing uh, by itself but the kernel of the idea was post 9-11 and how do we how do we do something that that um supports that effort to to stop that kind of financing yeah it is funny Elliot right I mean like you know the the notion of what financial crime was and and you know you know even post Patriot Act right 2000 early days 2002 right. 2003 2004 you know it was like oh check kiting right you know right. and and, and it's funny because, you know, sunlight is the best disinfectant. And now, you know, there's things that, you know, even, you know, as I would say that, you know, fin crime is a, a, a mature kind of area now of, of compliance or more mature, you know, even 10 years in, you didn't hear a word about human trafficking. 
you know, right. you know, it, it was it wasn't until three or three or four years ago, and then you really recognize how pervasive that is. And, and so, you know, it, it's one of those things where you know the the ball rolling down the hill continues to get momentum. But I don't, you know, what can't be really lost is, you know, there's studies on this, is that you know it's you know if illicit funds were measured as a, a, a metric of GDP, it'd be the world's fifth largest economy, bigger right. than bigger than than Great Britain, right? Right. And that's what's measured. And so, you know, if you think about where we're at with kind of crypto and, you know, that's a whole other conversation. I'm sure I'm going to get maybe some nasty, you know, email like, oh, you don't understand crypto. Yeah, well, I kind of don't. So, um, but, but what I do understand, what I do understand is that it's absolutely, it's absolutely a preferred choice, right? To do, to do nefarious things just by its nature, right? You know, so, you know, I don't even think that goes into the into the the studies that have said it's the world's fifth largest economy. Point being, I think it's even larger. So you know, it's just interesting, you know, how how much the world has changed and how that makes technology even more important. Because you could have, you know, a, a billion person army, you know, looking at, at transactions on a day to day basis, but without the assistance of technology, you're never going to suss out. The, the world's fifth largest economy of nefarious, you know, uh, 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 financial activities. So you shocking, need, you need help. shocking that the criminals don't report their financials. I don't, I don't, it's, it's I don't know why they don't. It, it, right. it's, it's really weird. But I will to support that. I, I suspect it's much bigger too, because every time we've deployed this technology, we've found significant instances of of money being moved through an institution that their old technology, their legacy technologies weren't finding. So, yeah. And there's a flip side to that. It's not just the false positives, it's the actual positives. That's right. And I think that's what makes Quantiverses pretty special is, is, you know, look, it knocks out the garbage that you shouldn't be looking at and spending your time on, but it actually kind of helps you find bad stuff. And, you know. And to our, the, the, where we started full circle is, again, that's much more, that's a much more satisfying job for a person is to, to actually do that kind of work and find those and report them and investigate them and, and those things that, that goes along with that. But that's, that's where we should, this huge investment in human capital that we have as a society on this problem. There's a lots of people that are hired as investigators doing that work. We should demand that they're, they're working on the real problem. You know, we, as a society, we should actually absolutely expect that they're working on the real problem instead of wasting their time on false positives. Yeah. And, and the, the, the technology that you've helped develop and that we're now marrying with all the human analytics really makes those, really helps those humans focus the, where their skills can't really be done by machine. That's you know, right. the, um, the, going all the way back to Frank's, you know, the idea that everybody will be replaced by a machine and we'll all be playing golf. In the 80s, I worked for a company that owned an, an insurance agency and the, uh, there was a, a strategic plan for a year that the, it was going to go entirely paperless. There'd be everything would be done electronic in the office and where clients would be willing to receive. And this was pretty early invoices and everything would be paperless. Um, as far as I know, there are no paperless insurance agencies now in the, you know, in the 2020s. Well, so well, people- I, I put my deposit down on my flying car 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> well, and, and the spot in the driveway is still 
Oh, yeah. scene, right. You wash well, it every week. And, yeah, exactly. Stop traffic um, because in the eighties, I was in second grade uh, getting in trouble for making paper airplanes and, <laughs> and doing spitballs and so, drawing cars on the side because he, right. he was a visionary at the right. time. I, go, well, I couldn't stay in the lines. I'll tell you that much. So, okay. so. <laughs> so David, I know that um, I want to hear this and I know Frank wants to talk about it. So before Quantiverse, you had a, some other interesting careers, one of which was as a fighter pilot. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Because I don't know any other fighter pilots. Well, I was, I was uh, lucky enough to be uh, graduated from college at the, during the Reagan buildup, but to talk about our age there, show our age a little bit. And uh, uh, they were recruiting folks aggressively to, to come into the Navy to fly the airplanes and man the ships that they were building. So uh, it was just a wonderful experience. I mean, after college, I say the best career decision I ever made was to get in. The second best was to get out and, and only but to, to get out because it's, it's so much time away from home and so much um, uh, just sacrifice that you make by being in the service. So it was, uh, it was a wonderful experience that I'd do all over again. Um, great organization and loved every bit of it. But, uh, and you know, there's, we would, there, someone told me before I go in, you fly those kind of airplanes and surprisingly 80% of the time flying is boring. 15% uh, of the time is fun. And 5% of the time is just scared to death. And that was pretty accurate. <laughs> I found that to be about right. <laughs> So it was a, it was really great. <clears throat> Frank, any closing words here to our friends around the, who listen in our seven listeners? No, uh, you know, I'm sure they'll all be hanging uh, on the edge of their seats, waiting for our next episode. Maybe, maybe they'll, they'll want David to replace me on the pod. I think he's more interesting, but you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. And uh, I, I suppose, you know, until next time, uh, until we meet again, somewhere. When we, sorry, when we started, I wasn't nervous at all thinking of the millions of people around the world that was, uh, we're going to watch. But when you said mom, I started sweating because yeah, you puckered up a little bit. I know. Bit. I didn't. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to disappoint her. Yeah. Well, it's not hard. You know what I mean? Like I can put on fifty pounds. I still come home. She's like, "Oh, you look skinny." Like, "Oh, you're full of it." You know what I mean? Well, so, David, it's part of the five percent. Yeah, right, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. All right. All right well, let's well, land this plane. Let's, let's land this plane, Elliot. All right. Here we go. Thanks, <laughs> gentlemen. This was a great conversation. Thanks.